said, when a train goes through a tunnel, when a train goes through a tunnel, it gets super dark. Don't panic and don't jump off the train. Just stay, sit, just sit still and trust the conductor. So when you're on, when you're on, you're on a train and you're going and they go through this big long tunnel, you just got to trust that the conductor knows what he's doing. And in this life, when we're going through this hard time and we're going through this, this dark tunnels in our life, we just got to trust God that He will know what is happening and that He has got it under control. He's a conductor. Just go with it. Be still. Be safe. And trust Him. Because the, the enemy's one of his biggest plans, one of his biggest his game, game plans is to try to make us feel like that we, we, we have lost the ability to feel God, that we don't feel God, that, that God's not there no more, that He's left you. That his word is not true. And the enemy wants you to feel that way. Sometimes we do fear, feel far away from God. And, and some of the reasons may be because one is maybe we're just openly disobedient to him. We just got sin in our life and, 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 and sin separates. And because of our sin, and we're being separated from God. And, and sometimes it's our own fault whenever we feel that way. Sometimes it could be God saying, you know what? I feel like that uh, you're... You, you, you're, you're, you're basing your relationship with me only on your feelings rather than by your faith and God wants us to to base his feeling uh, our relationship with him by our faith in him not our feelings in him because your feelings will not always be there but the faith will faith will always be there and and the, the third one is that, that maybe the enemy is coming after you Maybe God has trained you and helped you and blessed you and there comes a time in your life when it's time for you to face the enemy yourself you know, because you get in, when you're in a ring, you got a coach there beside you. He's, he's, he's a corner man. But when you step into that, that square ring or that octagon, what have you, you're on your own, right? But the good thing about, about it with Jesus is, is the odds are stacked in your favor. You always have a tag team. All God wants you to do is have the faith to get in the ring and say, okay, I'll fight. God said, I got your back. All you got to do is tag me at that point. But you got to get in the ring and say, I trust you. I have faith. You step in the ring and say, I got faith, and then you can tag me, and I'll take over, and I'll whip his butt all day long. But you've got to take that first step. You've got to have that faith. You've got to have the faith to do that. And then the last one is maybe just that you're not spending time with him, and you just feel separated because you chose to, to back away. Our society is, is addicted to feelings. That's why there's, 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 there's a, an epidemic with, of heroin because people want to feel good. They want to feel like they don't have any cares. They want to feel this with marijuana. They just want to relax and they want to feel this, this, this sensation and, and, and pills and all these other things and alcohol. Everybody turns to these things to try to feel good and try to feel better. And so with God, everybody, there's, there, there's, there's, there was a generation, I know when I, I was growing up, I, I always felt like I had to feel the Holy Ghost all the time. And when I was in church, if I wasn't, woo, glory, if I didn't feel that, I wasn't, I wasn't feeling God and maybe there was something wrong with me and maybe I needed to check myself because I was probably wrong and probably going to hell because I didn't feel what everybody else was feeling. Everybody else was shouting and running and, and in me I was just like I don't really feel nothing and, 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 and it made me feel like that I was not right. But see I was addicted to the feeling. I felt like if I didn't have the goosebumps that God wasn't there. But that's such a false lie because God says I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So we're going to talk about this today and break this down and try to figure out what does that mean? How is he there? How do I know he's there and such as that? You know, when, when God feels a million miles away, Isaiah 50 and 10 in the New King James Version says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? Let him who walks in the dark, who walks in the dark and has no light, trust in the name of the Lord and rely on his God. Who walks in the dark and has no light. 
Who's in that place where they feel alone? They feel left behind. They feel abandoned. So I want to break this scripture down for you just a moment. It says, Isaiah 50 and 10, the first part says, Who among you fears the Lord and obeys his servant? Let him who walks in the darkness and has no light. Let him who walks in the darkness. That's that first, first thing we got to understand is that, that we can't sit down. When you're going through a valley, I tell people, when you're going through a they're like, I'm going through a valley. I'm like, well, don't stop. You know, walk through the valley. There's an old song that says, I'm going to walk right out of this valley, lift my hands and praise the Lord. I ain't going to let old Satan get me down, down, down. I'm going to sit here till I die. Heaven's awaiting a little higher. And I'm going to walk out of this valley with my Lord. And so you got to walk when you get in a valley. But so many times it, 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 when we're walking in a valley and we don't feel God, we don't feel like, like we're, we're, we're victorious, we just sit down. And then we have this self-pity party. And we're like, oh, woe is me. And you want, you want everybody to feel sorry for you. And you want everybody to, 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 to boost you up and talk to you. And, and, because you, and we, turn in, we turn to people all of a sudden then for, for, for validation. We turn to people to try to make us feel better. We turn to situations and, and, and narcotics and different things like that to try to make us feel better. When in reality, we don't need none of that. All we need to know is that, you know what, God, I don't feel you and I know you're there. And I'm not going to sit down. I'm going to keep moving and I'm going to keep going to go forward and I'm going to keep doing what you've told me to do. And then, and then you got to understand, when you, don't feel like talk, when you don't feel like praying, talk to God about it and tell him how you're feeling. He's okay with that. And pray about it. Isaiah 50, 10b, the second part of that scripture says, And trust in the name of the Lord. So you got to remember, whenever you, you can't always trust your feelings, but you can always trust God's character. You can always trust God's character. God's character is, 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 is unhinged. His character is always solid. His character will always be, he will always be what he said he's going to be. But your feelings... Come and go based on circumstance or happenstance. What happens to you? What happens around you? Whenever you, you're doing things and, 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 and if a circumstance around you affects you, it's going gonna, it's gonna to affect your feelings. It can make you sad. It can make you happy. It can make you joyful. It can make you angry. It can make you mad. But, but God's character will always be the same. And then Isaiah 50 uh, and 10 verse and C, the, the third part of that, that, that scripture, it says, And rely on God. You see, none of you in this room, when you sat down in that chair, did not rely on that chair. None of y'all said, okay, is this going to be shaky? Is this, is this good? Is this going to bounce on? Let me, I want to hold some of my weight on my feet. You know, you just plop down, right? You know, that's what we normally do. Now, I have been in some shaky, shady chairs that when I sat down, it was like, whoa, I was like, whoa, let me be careful. You know, some stools. But, but in here, in these chairs, you sit on them and you just trust them. If I'm, if I'm going to a wall... And, I, and, I, and I'm over here, I'm going to lean up against this wall. I trust in the character of this wall. I know this wall is going to stand strong. It's not going to move because it's a wall. And the walls stand strong. Walls don't move, okay? Chairs sit there. They, they hold you. That's what they're designed for. And we got to look at God's character the same way. God, I trust you. I'm going to lean hard on you. I'm not feeling you right now, but I'm going to lean hard on your word. I'm going to lean hard on your scriptures. And I'm going to trust and do what you say to do. Lean hard is what that, 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 that principle in Hebrew means there. It means to lean hard upon when it says rely on. I want to read you a scripture uh, or a little passage, a short passage from, from un, a book called Uncensored, Finding God When He Feels Far Away. It's written by Jenny Mayo, my, my spiritual mom, my, my mentor. And she has such a beautiful way with words. But she says, it says, it was the darkest day in all of history. Jesus, Jesus with blood gushing from every inch of his body hung in agony on the cross. The thunder comes and sends chills down the onlooker's spine. Then Jesus yells the heaven's six unforgettable words. Father, 
Why have you abandoned me? You see, and that, that, when you first start looking at that, that seems like it's not fair, doesn't it? You're like, what do you mean? God, Jesus is doing this, this incredible act. He's dying on the cross. He's beaten. He's whipped. He's unrecognizable. He's, he's bloody. He's, just, just, he's been punched and, and plucked. and just, he's, he's in a horrible situation. He's embarrassed. He's naked. And, and God, all he wants is just to know you're there. He wants to know that you have his back. He wants to feel your presence, to feel a little peace that, you know what, I'm doing the right thing. But God, the Word of God says that, that Jesus was tempted on all points as we were. Theologians might have all kinds of reasons why that, but, but I tell you what, the one, the one that I really believe in my heart, the reason that that is, is because we need to know there's going to be times where we don't feel God. And Jesus had to know that too. Jesus had to feel that feeling so he can know how we feel, so he can help us with that. Jesus had to know, you know what, God, why have you forsaken me? Why did you do that? But here's the thing, there was no angels that came down and whispered sweet peace to his ear. You know, there was no, nobody that came around and, and made him feel good. God didn't say, it's okay. God didn't give him no, 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 no heartfelt warmth. And he didn't send angels out to minister to him. He knew he had to be alone because he knew you were going to be alone. And let me tell you what, at that, at that moment where he felt the most lonely, when he felt like nobody was there, when he felt like the whole, like, God, why have you forsaken me? Why? At that moment, he did the one most important thing that he ever did in the 33 years of his life, and that died on a cross. So that, that, that's to point out, that should encourage you, that encourages me, because at the, the moment that I feel like God's not around, I may be doing the very thing that may change the course of time. I may be doing the very thing that changes the course of my life. God, why have you forsaken me? And then he died, and he This is for you, Facebook, so you ain't got to read lips. Praise God. But, but at the time when you feel the most deserted, you, the time that you feel like nobody's around, that, that God isn't there, that he doesn't care, you may be doing, you may be smack dab in the middle of God's will for your life. You may be exactly where God wants you to be, and he needs you to be right there so you can do it uninhibited. And so we just got to trust God in those situations. That gives me hope. That gives me a whole lot of hope. And then, then I want to I read to you just, just a little bit of, 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 a, of a little story about the Jewish Holocaust. There was a time, thank you so much. There was a time um, in the Jewish Holocaust in, in 1945 where the Nazis were defeated. And the Allies came in, and the Allies came into the camps, and they came rushing in to, to deliver those um, that were taken captive by the Germans. And a lot of them were ministers. And there was a prison camp, and they were, it was in Dachau, I think, how do you say it? Dachau was a place where they were at. And they would put them outside in ovens to bake them and to try to make them to die and to try to punish them and, and hurt them in these prison camps and trying to make them to cause them to abandon their faith in God. And so the, the, the allies came rushing in, and they said, Hey, you're free. We've won. You're free. It's over. And so many people, I mean, they jumped, and they were elated. They were so happy. You know, and, and, they, and they ran out and just run out in freedom. But there was, a, there was two guys that were sitting there that had their heads between their arms. And they were sad. And they were down. And the guys, the allies came up and said, what is wrong? You're, you're free. You can go. You, you're not prisoner no more. And they, they looked over. And there was a guy laying on a, on a, on a, on a cot. And he had a, he had a blanket over him, a, 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 a sheet over him. And he said, moments before you told us that we were free, he passed. He passed right before freedom happened in his life. 
And he said, well, do you mind, do you mind if, if we take him and give him a respectable burial? Do you mind if we take him out and, and bury him you know, in the way he should with the respect and the faith that he had? And they said, absolutely. And so they picked him up. And after they picked him up, his hand, the, the, the gentleman's hand fell, fell down from the side from them moving back and forth, the, the dead man. And they, they looked, and they, they, he only had like a half of an index finger. And they're like, what happened? Did they torture him? Because, because the Nazis would, would often cut off legs or arms or do whatever they could to torture you. And they said, they said no. They said he, he was a faithful man. And he over there on that wall, every single day he would go and he would outline something into the place where it started, his fingers started bleeding. And then the blood would start writing into the wall. And for the last four and a half years, he's wrote a little saying over there on the wall. And every day... No matter how bad it hurt, he would push into that wall. And his finger would get smaller and smaller because it would just literally eat bone and flesh away. And he would just keep right on in blood over and over and over until his, his, it became ink on the wall. He did not want to be defeated by his, by his foe, but he wanted to leave a message for the world that if he died, he wanted them to understand how he felt. And in that Nazi prison on the walls, they walked over there on the crumbling brick and they read it written in blood. It said, I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in love even when I cannot feel it. And I believe in God even when he's silent. That's what he had written on that wall over and over thousands of times in blood until his, he just had a bloody stump there. That I believe in God even when he's silent. So many of us spoiled Christians today, whenever we don't hear God, all of a sudden we quit believing. All of, quit, all of a sudden we start doubting. We start questioning God. We start worrying, God, are you in there? We start questioning, shaking our fist at him. Where are you at, oh God? But this guy's sitting in this prison for four and a half years every day. I can't see the sun shining out there because I'm, I'm in this oven. But you know what? I believe in it. I know it's there. I don't have nobody around me to love me. But it, just because I can't feel it don't mean it's not there. And I believe in God, even though I don't, I don't hear him speaking to me right now. That's so powerful. That's so pivotal, so life-changing. How costly was that to him? And I think it was awesome that he was able to write that on that wall for us all to remember. Isaiah chapter 49 and 14 through 16 says, Yet, Jerusalem says, The Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. Never, it says, Never can a mother forget her nursing child. Can, can she feel no love for the children that she has born? But even if it was possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name in the palms of my hand. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruin. The Bible says Jesus has your names tattooed in his hands. His, your names, everybody's name is on his hands. You, you know, that's where that song comes from. He's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole wide world. Literally, your name is in his hands. And he's got the whole world in his hands. And it says, has he, has he deserted you, Jerusalem says? And Isaiah's like, no. How can, a, how, can, how can a mother forget their nursing child? How can God forget you when he looks at your, his hand? He thinks about you. Your hand, he's always thinking about you, even when you feel deserted and alone. Psalms chapter 13, it's a short chapter. It's only got six verses. I don't want to read it. I love David, man. He, he's, he's wacko. He almost seems kind of bipolar at times because he's just loving God. And then the next moment, man, he's just like, all of a sudden, cursing God almost. And he's like, where are you at? Where are you at? Then the next minute, he's praising God again. I love it. Listen to this. Oh, Lord, why have you forgotten me? 
How long will you forget me? Sorry. How long will you forget me? Forever? How long will you look the other way? How, how long must I struggle with the anguish in my soul, with the sorrow in my heart every day? How long will my enemy have the upper hand? Turn and answer me, O Lord. Restore the sparkle to my eye or I will die. Don't let my enemies gloat, saying we have defeated him. Don't let, let, don't let them rejoice at my downfall. Because I trust in your unfailing love, I will rejoice because you have rescued me. I will sing to the Lord because he is good to me. You see how he just switches in the middle of that? Just right in the middle of it, he just, he just goes crazy and he, he's, he's, he's questioning God. And it's kind of like our life. We get in these situations like, God, are you there? My enemies are against me. They're winning. I feel like I'm a failure. I feel like this is going on. But if we would take pointers from David and begin just to praise God and proclaim the, the promises of God and say, God, your word says that you would never leave me nor forsake me. Your word says that I'm more than a conqueror. Your, your word says that I can overcome any temptation. Lord, you said in your word that, that, that you don't give me the spirit of fear but of power, love, and a sound mind. If we can start doing that all of a sudden, all of a sudden we would start to feel the prompting of his spirit. We, start to feel the, we would start to feel the Holy Ghost moving in our life. Charles Spurgeon saw a weather vane one day. He was walking with a pastor friend. This is the only story I've ever heard of Charles Spurgeon doing something wrong or misinterpreting something. He was walking, and there was a weather vane, and on the weather vane it said, God is love. And I saw a picture of it, and, but I, it just was very grainy, so I didn't want to post it. But it said, it said God is love. And Charles Spurgeon said, that's not right. And his friend said, well, why, Charles? He said, because the, 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 the weather vane changes back and forth, and God's love never changes. He said, no, you're, you're looking at it wrong, Charles. What it really means, Mr. Spurgeon, it means that no matter which way the wind blows, God is love. No matter where it goes, no matter what happens in your life, God is love. No matter where the winds of change blow you back and forth in your life, God is there. God cares. No matter what happens, no matter what the enemy brings to you, no matter how far away from God you feel, you, he is there. Psalms 20, 22, 1 through 5. Again, David being schizo, he said, My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why, why are you so far from me when I groan for help? Every day I call you, my God, but you don't answer. Every night I lift my voice, but I find no relief. Then here he goes. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you, and, you were, and they were saved. You, um, they trusted you and, you, were, and you never disgraced them. See, he, he, he has these thoughts because he's human. But then he always remembers to go to praise and adoration to God and trust in God for what he's done. Psalms 22, 14 through 17. This is, this is David talking about Christ and how Christ was feeling on the cross. My life is poured out like water. All my bones are out of joint. From him being on the cross, it was his, all his bones were out of joint. It says, my heart is like wax melting in me. My strength is dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth because they gave him vinegar. You, you, you have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like a pack of dogs. Even gang, um, the gang, evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. He is so weak and lost so much weight that he can count his ribs. He can, you can see the bones in his hands. He is so feeble. My, my enemies stare at me and gloat. But Psalms 19 and 24 says, O Lord, do not stay far away from me. 
You are my strength. Come quickly to my aid. Save me from the sword. Spare the, from these precious, do, precious life from these dogs. Snatch me from the lion's jaws and from the horns of the wild oxen. I will proclaim your name to be my brothers and my sisters. I will praise you um, among your assembled people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored or belittled the suffering of the needy. He has not turned back his back on them, but has listened to their cries for help. Listen to their cries for help. God is always there. He's always going to be there for you. And the Bible says he'll never leave you. Sometimes he wants to see, maybe sometimes, that, that, that you're just able to, to take that step of faith by yourself. Are you willing to go ahead and get in the ring? I told you to go. Are you going to take that step of faith? Or are you going to stay here? And when, sometimes when we take that step of faith, we, we, we get God's confirmation. And we're like feeling all good about things. And then we take a step of faith and all of a sudden we feel like we're all alone. But God is still there. Let me tell you some things that, that today that, that make you questions you can ask yourself to see if maybe you're part of the reason why you are alone. Number one, am I spending time in God's word? If you're not spending time in God's word, you, you, if, God, if you don't feel God, then you can go to God here. You can go to Him in prayer, or you can go to Him in the Word and say, God, I can't feel you, so I'm going to read your inspired words right here. I'm going to read your promises to me. I'm going to read the things in here that will encourage me in my life. Are you spending time alone? Sometimes you need to get alone, away from all the voices, away from all the, the noise in your life. There's so many voices in your life that will, that will come and just claw at your mind. They're talking to you. They're talking at you. And there's so many negative voices and so many things that will really drag you down. You've got to get away from that. You've got to stop that sometimes and get away to along to a quiet place with no voices and just get quiet and just focus on God. And then the, the, another question you need to ask yourself is, have I, is there someone that I haven't forgiven? If you've got unforgiveness in your heart, that, that, that is a sin, and that can pull you away from God. That, that can separate you from God. Um, bitterness and unforgiveness. Because God says, listen, I've forgiven you. You have to forgive others. If you can't forgive others, you, can, I can't, you can't accept my forgiveness. So that sometimes unforgiveness will cause you to feel distant from God. Also, am I spending time with people who love Jesus? You show me your friends, and I can tell you if, you're, if, you're, if you are probably feeling that way or not. Give me 10 minutes with your friends, and I can tell you if you're kind of feeling distant from God right now. Because you are who you hang out with, who you associate with. If you're around people all the time that are negative, that are, that are, that are gossip, and they're, they're negative, and they're talking about things, and they're, they're all the time critical, that's going to make you feel the same way. And that's not God's heart. That's not God's character. And it's going to pull you away from Him. And it's going to make you feel that way. But if you're around people who love God, if you want to be around people who serve God and you're around people who care about you, they can reconnect you with God. I, 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 sometimes I may be getting down, so I'll turn on a, a Stephen Furtick podcast or, 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 or Ron Carpenter. Last night I was listening, to, I used to listen to, um, every single year to the Dominion Camp meeting with Rod Parsley, and he was on there last night, and I was listening to him, and he was firing me up, and I was just loving it. I was, it was encouraging me. And as soon as I finished watching it, I went straight to reading my Bible, right, straight, straight to study my scripture some more. Because I was like, it just encourages me. Be around people who love God. Be around people with anointing. Be around people who, who, who are men and women of God. And if you're not, that can definitely pull you away from God. 
Have I given more attention to the bullies who under, under, undermine my worth than, this, than the still small voice of God? Are you around people that make you feel less than? Are you around people who, who, who push you down and tell you you're not good enough, that you're not worth anything? Are you around people who belittle you and make you, and make you feel unvaluable? If you are, that could pull you away from God because God says, listen, that's not who you are. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are my masterpiece. Are you healthy? Am I, am I healthy? Am I creating good boundaries in my relationships? Have I taken time, if you could come now, Don, have, have I taken time to sing to Jesus? Let me tell you, there's power in singing and worship to Jesus when you're alone. You know, you're like, well, I can't sing. Okay, get in the shower and turn the water on when nobody can hear you and sing to Jesus. Get in your car with, by yourself and turn the radio up blasting so you can't even sing, hear yourself sing. But just singing a song to God, worshiping to God, singing those truths, making up your own love song to God. How, how special is it whenever someone makes, if, if your spouse made a love song to you and just talked about how much they loved you, how much you meant to them, how much they cared, how special you are, how, how beautiful you are, how wonderful you are, how they do everything that you need. Okay, now y'all now gentlemen are better go home and write a love, a love song. But, but when you sit down and you just write a song to God, it means so much. That's why the Bible says sing a new song unto the Lord. Because a new song is a song that you're singing, that you wrote. It means so much to Him because it's coming from your heart. It's not what you read. It's not what you saw. It's not from the Word. It's from your heart. And singing, singing does something that can draw you back to God. And you can be able to feel the presence of God again. Have I asked anybody in my life to hold me accountable and for, for them to check me and say, Hey, I'm having a, a trouble feeling God right now. Will you pray for me? We need to ask people, hey, I'm really, I'm really struggling right now. I'm not really feeling God, and I just need the Spirit of God in my life. Would you pray that, that, that God's Spirit would be restored to me? I know He's there. I know He's there. You know, it's kind of like riding a bicycle when you're help, first helping a, a child ride a bicycle. Mom or dad's behind them, and, and they got their hands on the bike the whole time, and all of a sudden they let it loose, but they're still there. You know, but, they have, but if something happens, they can grab it again. But it's so uneasy for a child whenever you first feel like nobody's touching the bike. It's the same way with Christianity. When God's right there with us helping us walk and helping us walk this Christian life, and He takes His hands off of us just for a moment, we freak out. Don't do that. Don't do that. Hold me. Hold me. I need your touch. I need, your, I need to feel that, that, that goosebumps. I need to feel the Holy Spirit. I need to feel this, God. I need it. Don't, don't let loose of me. And He's like, if you're, if you're, if you're ever going to do it on your own, I've got to let go. So there's times in our life where Jesus has to let go. The th difference is, is after a while, the child keeps right on going and you're still standing at the house and they're down the road. But see, in the Christian walk with God, he never leaves. He's always right there. Always right there. Have I internalized the truth that God's love for me is not dependent on me or my performance, but Jesus? It's not what you, have, what you can do for God. It's what God has done for you. D-O-N-E. We stop at D-O. What can we do? But God's like, take that off and go on to N-E. What, what have I done for you? That's what matters. It's not, it's not how good you are. God, God loves you because of your relationship with Jesus, not how good you are. It's because of how good His Son is and what His Son did for you. It's not, do I deserve it? It's not, can I do enough? Can I work hard enough? If you're, if you're working trying to make God love you, then you're probably going to start feeling distant from God because it's all about doing, 
not relationship. Do I, need, do I need medication to battle a little longer this numbness of depression? Listen, I'm not saying go to the doctor and let them dope you up where you can't even, can't even function right. But sometimes you might need to go to the doctor and get checked out and see if there's something, something small that they can do to help you out until God totally heals you. Hey, I say it often, God had Luke in the Word of God. Luke wrote one of the, one of the, the Bibles in the New Testament. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Luke was a doctor. God had a doctor that hung out with him. Doctors are important. Also, have I been honest about my anger with God? Listen, you're not going to make God mad when you get angry with Him. He understands. He gave you emotions. He's just going to wait for you to pitch a little hissy fit and say, okay, you're done. Now let me help you. But He don't mind you getting it out. He don't mind you saying, okay, hey, I'm angry. I'm mad. But see, and, and, and you can hide it, but you can't hide it from God. God knows you're angry, even if you tell him or not. So you might as well just go ahead and talk to him and tell him how angry you are about, about the situation. Have I fasted and prayed with spiritual disciplines? If you're really not feeling God, have you tried fasting and saying, I want to miss a meal. I want to push it away from the table today. I want to not, not watch this show that, I, that I'm so in love and addicted to. I, want, I don't want to go do my sport that I love so much. Today I'm going to sit at home and just focus and pray and fast before God. Have you taken time off for a spiritual sabbatical or a retreat just to get away somewhere and clear your mind? Are you tired? And have you had relationships that drained the vitality of Christ out of you? All those things can call you to be separated from God and feel like God's not there. Those things make you feel like God's not there. But God is there. There can be a little small separation, but God's right there waiting for you to turn to Him. Every day, He's waiting for you to say, hey, I need you. Just like I said, you get in the ring, all He wants is a step of faith, tag your in. I can step back out. But you just have to take that first step. You have to go forward. You have to be willing to trust Him and trust His character. And then when the lights go out, you got to say, God, I don't know where you're at. You're here, but I need you. Maybe today you felt that way. I don't know why on, on, on 4th of July week God had me talk about feeling like you're not there. But it is dark on 4th of July. There is fireworks, and they are beautiful. Maybe he wants you to know there's some beauty in the nighttime. That he can have a beautiful display of love in the middle of the night and midnight in your life. That beautiful things do happen at nighttime. Paul and Silas, when they were in jail, it was nighttime when he freed them. Maybe you're in your nighttime right now and you're feeling it alone. I want you to know that God is there. And just don't stay that way. Say, hey, how can I get back to God? How can I reconnect? The main thing you can do is just keep doing what you've always done. If you get in the dark, just keep walking and say, I'm going to, God, I'm going to keep running right on obeying you and doing what you told me until I get new orders. I'm just going to do what you told me to do last.